Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It is the 24th of January. We are celebrating Vanita Sakar's birthday. Vanita is so nice. Like, you look at our lineup here at WCCO Radio, and most of us are terrible human beings. You start at 9, you got Adam. He's a horrible, horrible Miserable. person. Miserable. Jordana, you know, up and down. Yeah, it depends on the day. Up and down. Uh, we know Chad. I mean. Right. Bottom feet. Enough said. And this show, right. We're awful. Horrible. Oof. But Vanita is very nice, and we come into work, and uh, Vanita had left me a gift. Yes. And there's, uh, I presume she hung this happy birthday banner in here for me. Yeah, I mean, it's her birthday, too, but, you know. Because what sort of crazy human would hang their own happy birthday banner? I mean, it was like somebody would buy their own billboard. Right. Yeah, like I mean, the level of self-involvement kind of lunatic there. Lunatic would do that. Yeah, just I can't even fathom it. So anyway, I celebrated my birthday as any 49-year-old would by going to my weight loss center and weighing in and doing some physical therapy for an ailment on my shoulder. So things are going great. Things are going great. Later on tonight... I'll uh, make my first purchase of Depends and probably have a dessert of prune juice. So things are things are going great. It is Wednesday. And speaking of extremely nice people who bring gifts, our next guest on Jason Talks to the Media. Lindsay Sievert was a TV reporter in the Twin Cities. We worked together at Channel 4. Then she went over to CARE 11. Always an incredible storyteller uh, with a knack of just capturing the human spirit in just such a touching way. She's left mostly TV news and has moved on to other stuff. And I am excited to talk to her about it. Lindsay, thanks for coming in. Well, thank you, Jason. And it's a gift to me to be here on your birthday. I was excited to celebrate you. Now, when I when I reached, well, you brought a gift. It's a gift for a foodie. Just so you know, oh. there's a... A little place called Cruise Market on Nicolette. Oh, I haven't been there. I, I've heard about it. Oh, gosh. Oh. I'm telling you about a place that yes. you don't know about. Um, oh, so just a few this. little little foodie gifts. That's so, so I know that's that's who you are. And it thanks is. for having me. And well, thank happy, you. happy birthday. When I, when I first reached out to you, you said, why do you want to talk to me? <laughs> 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 you are one of the rare people who spent a, a career in local media. Who would even ask that question? Because most of us hmm. think, like, well, naturally you'd want to talk to me. <laughs> I'm so interesting. <laughs> tell tell us yeah. your story. Where did you grow up? Yes. I grew up in, in Plymouth, in northwest suburbs. I was a graduate of Osseo High School, 1997. My parents were teachers in the Osseo District, which I know is, is your district. It's my your district. Yep. As well. Yeah. I actually spent a year as an employee of the Osseo School District. I didn't know that. Because the speech and debate coach at Maple Grove Senior High School quit. Oh. Uh, like, you know, pandemic, lots of stuff going mm-hmm. on. And no one had stepped up. And my oldest, uh, Seth's activity was 
debate and speech. Aww. So I made the fatal parenting mistake of reaching out to the school <laughs> and asking how I could help. And the Showing answer up. was, would you be the coach? <laughs> and how did that go? Uh, amazing. Okay, uh, good. It was the best thing I ever did in my life. It was a transformative experience. Yeah. That's amazing. Right. So it was nice to do something that was just like, it wasn't about my growth or my career or my whatever. It was just trying to do something good for my kid. Oh, it was I love nice. It. Yeah. Love it. It's, it's sometimes hard when you're immediate to sort of step outside of like, okay, here's right. what the next job is or the next big story or the next exactly. award or whatever. Yeah. That, that expansion and uh, how, do you, how do you redefine yourself? I, I think we talked a little bit before this about when you're on TV, the proof of performance is every day, right? You get your assignment. You nail your interview. You meet your deadline. It's posted on social media. There's all the likes and the shares. Your boss has said you did a good job. You do it again the next day. Oh, your mom saw you on TV and your mom thought you did a great job. And so that's how you're defined every day, which really feeds into a mind of an, an overachiever, right? And so I mm-hmm. think – uh, on a new path, I, I've thought a lot about th- this expansion. Where do I show up? How do I show up? And how do I define success? I think a lot of people struggle with that, whether you're coming from media or whatever career, especially when you get to that point where you say, I've always defined myself as this, mm-hmm. but now I'm not. So, right. So who am I? What am I? Right. It, it's, is it, was it challenging for you when you left, you left CARE 11 almost uh, – Four years, Four years ago? ago? Yeah. It, it's always such an evolution. I, I, it was right around when I turned 40, kind of the whispers of like, gosh, you know, you, what, what is next? And I have these two little kids, you know, both kind of have some some greater needs. My son, Stellan, is on the autism spectrum and has ADHD. And my daughter, Phoebe, has um, hearing impairment. She has a cochlear implant. So I, I was in sort of the storm of, you know, really hands-on parenting at the time. The pandemic hits. And so I, I transitioned. I had a documentary that came out in the world Love them first, which saw a lot of success, um, and then I t- I took one year in the corporate world. Um, United Healthcare as a video producer and and had that corporate experience too, but then the pandemic hit. Felt like my family really needed me, and so what was next? It was never my dream to have my own storytelling venture or operation, but it just felt like the next right thing. And, and so I just kind of jumped in, and, and you know, as a reporter, you're good at figuring things out. So I just figure it out one day at a time. Love Them First was a documentary that you did uh, at Lucy Laney Elementary. Yes. Uh, tell tell our listeners kind of how that, how, what, that came to be. how that came to be. It really came to be by just opening my eyes in the field as a reporter being sent to stories in North Minneapolis. And, and you know, at the time, there was the 4th Precinct occupation after the, the police killing of Jamar Clark. And I was being sent up there a lot to report on different things that happened in the area. And in the middle of all this is Lucy Laney Elementary at 33rd and Penn and noticed um, the amazing principal there, Marie Friesleben, who's now the principal of North High, and and the way that she was going about sort of putting this protective bubble over her school and saying, you know, this, this is – I'm sounding the alarm. What's happening in our neighborhood is, isn't right. It isn't safe at the moment for, for my children. And so just really sort of opened my eyes to who is this leader. And, you know, when you meet somebody and they just have that it factor and you're just wondering, like, what is it what about is it? them? Yeah. And so through, through witnessing her a few times and also my film partner, photographer and editor Ben Garvin had his own experience, experiences witnessing, witnessing the school. And we came together and we thought, well, what if we spent one year? inside this building? What if we kind of figured out what that thing is? And so we asked our boss at the time, Jane Helmke, 
And she said yes. And she gave us the permission to spend a year inside the school. And the documentary is what came of it. That documentary, which you can still see if you go to lovethemfirst.com. That's right. Uh, won a DuPont Columbia yes. Award. Mm-hmm. Um, awards. You've won the biggies. What What is that, you know, as a journalist, What I guess, what, is, what does that do? Hmm. Such a that's such a profound question. I mean, I, I don't I don't think the the awards are the, the rewards, right? I think the the it's it's the having told it. You didn't do it because yeah. you thought like oh, I I wonder if right. They, right. I think it's just you see that sometimes in news. Yeah, I think so. In like, any people, industry, like advertising, whatever you you think like ah, this might be an award. People know kind of what sells or you yeah. know what story to tell that might get out there and and be elevated. But I think it's the having told. It, it's being the vessel. It's using your gifts to shine a light on the work of others. When you spent that year in North Minneapolis and a lot of the issues that you're exploring in this documentary are frankly the same issues that we're struggling with as a community where how do we improve test scores in low income communities are black schools, not black schools, but predominantly black students. Are they getting the same uh, quality of teachers or experienced teachers or uh, how much does neighborhood life uh, outside of the school fill into like how you're supposed to focus on reading right. if you're worried about your safety all of these issues it it, it they're yeah. still here they're yeah. still here i guess that will they always be here i don't know what was your yeah. takeaway from that experience in the school uh, a through line in the story is also how standardized testing defines our our kids and how standardized tests are often written towards one demographic you know yeah. a, a white demographic um, and so it explores how we label our kids and mm. label them as failing. At the time, Lucy Laney was the longest standing, I put in air quotes, failing school. Isn't that interesting? In that, North Minneapolis. That phrase itself, you yeah. think of a failing school or but a you're, failing kid. But you're inside there and it's anything but failing. It's it's thriving. So it, huh. it really challenged my own experiences of what you think is uh, you know, a city school or an urban school and what's happening inside our schools and, and, and how we're classifying kids. So th- that th- these issues are still here. In some ways, it was almost, I felt like the film was a year ahead of its time. It came out before the pandemic, before the murder of George Floyd. And so then people started finding the film in these times and reaching out. And it is used in professional development across the country um, in teacher trainings in universities. I still hear from people that say, I saw your film in re- my required master's program for education um, to, to understand what is happening inside schools. And it's still, it's still very, is very relevant. Is there a lesson there about the power of storytelling? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think I just, I just see myself, um, uplifting a story that needed to be told in some ways the the story chose me and that was the, the best method. But, um, right now it is also being developed into a stage musical. Um, love them first is, is being adapted into a stage musical and it, a story can be shared in, in many different pathways. Ours was just a documentary, but that story is still being told in other ways that people digest it or view it. Lindsay Sievert is our guest, uh, former reporter at CARE 11, WCCO, uh, now her own documentary studio. She's doing some voiceovers, too, so we'll hear a little. Okay. We have a little clip. We'll hear a little clip, and we also have a lightning round of questions for you. Oh, no. Up. I know you're not prepped for this. I'm not. Coming up in just a minute here on Drive Time. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Lindsay Sievert used to be a TV reporter. Now she has her own studio. What are you doing? What are you doing? (laughs) What is Sievert Studios about? Seaford Studios is really just my my own venture of documentary style storytelling. I, I mostly people reach out to me for documentaries. Love them first, which you mentioned earlier, was sort of my calling card into that world. And and so people really seek out documentaries or documentary style storytelling. So people pay me to do documentaries or long form videos. Cool. And then I develop my own on the side as well. So I have my own personal projects. And on that note, Jason, I wanted to bring this up today. I don't know if you remember when I first started at WCCO like in 2012, you came over to meet me and we chatted for a little bit at my desk. And I remember you said something that's always stuck with me. And you said, you can kind of be like a passing reporter in this market. You can just, you know, appear and, and disappear and do your thing. Or you could be a memorable storyteller. Hmm. And you said, so So, how is it that you will define yourself? And at the time, I thought, well, I don't know. That was a, kind of an intimidating question. And you had good question at the time, right? Hmm. And and I, I thought about that a lot over the years, and I think how I define myself in local news, what I didn't know, it was I was defining myself as a long-form storyteller. Mm. And that sort of led into this documentary venture that, I, that I have today. Yeah. But I just thought about that, and I think that that was a really thought-provoking question that helped me define myself. So thank you for that. You were a great mentor in that way. Oh, that's super sweet. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are certain people that you can tell, like, have a knack. Mm-hmm. And you th- think like, all right, like what you can choose. Like there's nothing wrong with passing through and like you're climbing or you're just doing the daily news. Like that's really good too. But when you have a gift, like you have a gift. So it's been really fun to watch you take it, take advantage of, of that and create yeah. your own thing. We'll see. I do want to play, you're doing a little voiceover. Yeah, a little voiceover. You, you heard me do a live commercial. All this is different <laughs> for us. Uh, we are evolving. Where we used to do new, let's listen to a little of uh Let's see, let's see if you can sell some stuff. Okay, we'll try. We've long believed in the power that diverse perspectives bring to our business. That's why we're committed to nurturing a workplace where our people feel a sense of belonging. At Fidelity, you'll build a meaningful career that positively impacts That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That wasn't an actual commercial. It was a demo. That was a demo. Yeah, yeah it was, it was a demo. It's kind of fun, right? Yeah, but I have done, you know, people, I have, people have hired me for it, and it's just a spoke in the wheel, right? It's a way to grow. It's a way to move forward. It's been happening organically, so why not put my toe out there and, and do more voice? Do you, when you leave local news, do you, still, do you still watch, or do you become more like a normal parent? A normal kind of 40-something who's, like, living life. That. I mean, I hesitate to say that, you know. I I don't watch as much local news as I used to. Not even close. I know. And and I feel really bad. How did I live and breathe this for 20 years? Mm. And and now I don't tune in as much. But I do tune in online on, on an app. I really listen more. I listen to the radio and uh, get the newspaper every day. So I just, I just consume differently. But no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm really busy at five and six and and ten, frankly. And so I don't. I don't make appointment television. Yeah. But I still am. You know, a supporter, a fan, a consumer, but just in a different way. It's different, right? You understand right. a little bit, like back when you were working in news, and you'd see your neighbors and wonder, like, how come you don't know, <laughs> like. 
like what I even do or like right. what the news is. And now that I'm out of it, like right. obviously I'm still following the news so we can talk right. about stuff, but it's different. Yeah. And it's it's harder to be, you know, I was in the river before this current of all the stories coming at you. And I love to be in the know. I love to be in the front seat. And now I've had to build this quieter life because I am mm. working on these long-term projects. You know, I'm yeah. not working on a five-hour deadline. It's a five-year deadline. And so I've had to sort of insulate myself at times sure. from all of that because it can be also distracting. I, I, I want to be there, but I have to do something else at the moment. How do you find inspiration? I, for me, it's really on, on gut instinct, really, really what moves me, what I can't stop thinking about, like the school in North Minneapolis, like the principal, um, just something sort of stirs in my soul. And if it, if it keeps coming back to me or wakes me up at night, then I just I follow that. Um, and, and mostly the stories of children, to be honest, children, uh, families. I, I just love the voices of kids. Do you think because your kids have had maybe more, I don't know if I love the term special needs, yeah. but have more needs? I think uh, so. I does think that so. change it? Has that changed you? No, absolutely. I, I feel like, especially my older son, I say, has rebuilt me from the inside out. Everything I thought parenting would be was a complete, completely different handbook. And, and so, yeah, it, it's just made me a, a better, more compassionate human being. And, yeah, I, I like to look at, at um, communities that are othered, right, That hmm. and explore that feeling of belonging and the ways that we belong in human relationships. That's what drives me. Lindsay Sievert is with us. Uh, some texters are asking if you do like marketing kind of documentary style. Ooh, a little bit. I, I, I mean, I, I've been hired by some you know, corporation, you know, done work at General Mills and Best Buy and, you know, some other companies. Absolutely. Um, some, I do some work for the University of St. Thomas right. and nonprofits. So if you go to SievertStudios.com. S-E-A-V-E-R-T. Studios.com, you can send Lindsay a note. It's time for the lightning round. Are you ready for these very, I mean, you're not in the media anymore, so you can give an opinion. Lindsay Sievert, what is your favorite lake? Well, I, oh, that. Mm. Did you think I was going to say yeah, Trump you're like, or you're like, Tell Biden? You're like, about the New Hampshire primaries. <laughs> <laughs> Lake Harriet. I live in walking distance near Lake Harriet, mm. and I run around it a lot and spend a lot of time there. Toilet paper over or under? Over. Beach or swimming pool? Beach. Coffee or tea? Coffee all the way. How do Every you day. Take, how do you take your coffee? Just creamer. Prefer oat milk. Oh. Oat milk. Fancy. I know. I'm just, oh, I'm just so God. complicated. So bougie. I know. My, of course you live by Lake Harriet. What is, <laughs> what is the last TV show you loved? Oh, my goodness. Or binge. Okay. Well, or... actually, currently right now, I am watching Love on the Spectrum season two. It just came out, and mm. it features autistic adults searching for love. So, again— my my care of, of you know don't you have enough in your life you have to this is what you're watching for yeah. fun I will watch anyone fall in love but uh-huh. I also like the lessons in chemistry I read the book this year and then it was uh-huh. turned into a TV show on yeah. Apple that was one that I've been watching recently that's on my list all right yes I'll check that out summer or winter I'm gonna say this winter I love bundling up hmm mm-hmm. I do like layers yes like. I, I think I have three or four yeah. layers on right now. Like a now. plaid jacket like you're yeah. wearing right now. That is my, my jam. My wardrobe is better in winter. I just have a- My wardrobe is also- I, I feel that. Mm-hmm. I don't really care for winter, though. But for sure, wardrobe yeah. better. Layers. Lindsay, this was fun. It was fun. Good to see you, Jason. And happy birthday. Thank you. It's good to celebrate you and your evolution. Still in news, but in a different path. Everybody loves you. So many nice texts. Aw. People want you to be the co-host of this show. 
Actually, some want you to be the host of this show, but that's a little <laughs> different. I was going to modify it and say the co-host. <laughs> Lindsay, thank you. I'll, I'll be your backup singer. Oh, oh all right. Be there careful. Be careful. The phone will start ringing. 4.33, we're going to take a break, and we are going to come back. Lindsay mentioned it was my birthday. Today, I went down a rabbit hole of trying to find free stuff for my birthday, and I got to say, I'm a little irritated about it. I will talk to you about that next here on CCO. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.